It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, a licensed nutritionist, and this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. Today, we have so much information to share, and joining me as one of our co-hosts is Jennifer Barnes, who is also a licensed nutritionist, and she sees clients in our St. Paul office. And on our other mic this morning is... Our other co-host, Kate Crosby. Kate is a nutrition educator and a counselor and sees clients in our Lakeville office and also at our North Oaks location. And thank you both for joining me today. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Jennifer, you just finished writing an article for Nutritional Weight and Wellness newsletter about what to feed your baby. I thought what to feed your baby is really an important nutritional topic. And I don't know if people think of it that way, but... It's really important nutritional topic. So, you know, as we were talking in the office one day, I asked Jennifer to research and write, you know, a really useful down-to-earth article for our newsletter. And I think it appeared in everyone's email box uh, last Tuesday. I got mine. Yes, good. (laughs) Yes, I mean, and that was a great topic. We get so many new moms or even grandmothers. Um calling to find out what they should feed their baby. So I really dug into the research. Yes, you did. Looked at the recommendations. <laughs> and there's a lot of different opinions out there. And that was kind of interesting, too, wasn't it? Absolutely. You know, I know, Jennifer, as a mom of two little girls, they're how old again? They're one and three. Oh, one and mm. three. So cute. Uh, you know, I knew you'd be the perfect person to write this article because you're living it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we do get a lot of those emails from new moms, and even I have clients who are grandmothers always asking, you know, what should the first food be for a baby? And actually, when should they start those solid foods? So, Jennifer, I'm really glad that you wrote that. It was extremely thorough, well-researched, um, and practical. Thank you, Kate. And and yes, there are a lot of suggestions out there, but as a mom myself and um, as a nutritionist, I really believe my recommendations are very sound and simple. I, th- I agree oh, with yeah. you. They are. Thank you. Um, but also based on good nutritional science. Um, so not so much maybe what a cereal company would be suggesting. Now that's your baby. probably good. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really based on what's the best for your baby. So, Jennifer, do you mean, uh, are you saying that the rice cereal that I was told to feed my babies is not the first food you would recommend? Oh, I think we were all told to feed our babies, and I think we all did that. Yes. Yes. It's something we really just didn't know. We didn't pass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if we think about it, cereal, rice cereal is a very processed food. So that just means that it's going to turn into glucose or sugar pretty quickly in the baby. I mean, that's kind of an interesting picture to think about. You know, you spoon this glob of syrup (laughs) into the baby, and it pops up their blood sugar. I don't think people have even thought about that before. A little bit like feeding them sugar. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. No one would choose to do that. We know that. No. So, and and that kind of can set them up for having more sugar cravings Hmm. as a child. And maybe later in life, setting them up for prediabetes. So what do you recommend, Jennifer, rather than rice cereal? Well, I recommend starting with a little um, avocado. I think that is Hmm. a great first food. It's a really healthy fat. Um, Most babies really like that. Or doing a little bit of banana. And I like to mash these things up, Um, maybe put a little salt on the avocado. You could put some breast milk, mix, kind of mix that into the avocado. Um, These are really great foods. You could do a little sweet potato even or butternut squash. Um, These are some easier to digest foods that just don't turn into sugar like rice cereal does. But, you know, you're a working mom. Your husband's working. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a challenge, isn't it, sometimes, to have food ready for the baby. It is. It is. So you got a little hints and tips? To- <laughs> I would love to share. Um, one thing I've been doing lately with squash, especially now that squash is in season, mm-hmm. is just taking up my crock pot. I take the squash. I poke a few holes in it. I put it in the crock pot. Hole. Mm-hmm. Four hours on low. You're done. done. No water. Nothing. Well, I do... Th- I- Good point. I do throw a little bit of water in the crock pot, like okay. a half a cup, just to protect the crock pot itself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so sometimes when it's done, I'll cook that up and use it right away. Other times I just put the whole squash in the fridge in a bowl and deal with it when I have time. Right. But that way I always have something available. Right. And, and the babies love squash, well, don't they? They do. Definitely. Yes. It was just a really great article, uh, Jennifer, and a lot of good time-saving tips. So if... Any of our listeners are not receiving the Weight and Wellness Newsletter, you know, you can go to our website on the homepage, click on sign up for our newsletter. So if you've got a daughter or a granddaughter, maybe a niece with a new baby, forward the newsletter to them. They'll really thank you for the great tips. Or if you haven't already seen the article and would like to know more, you know, you can look at our website, weightandwellness.com, click under resource tab, and go to articles and video. Next, choose children's health. And the article is t- titled, What to Feed Your Baby. Okay, enough of the baby stuff. So let's get <laughs> on to our topic. Activate your fat-burning hormones. So, you know, you may even be surprised to learn that we have fat-burning hormones. And even more surprised that what we eat can turn on these hormones. To reduce your body fat. You know, sometimes it sounds almost too good to be true. Mm-hmm. People that have struggled a long time with their, you know, not getting their metabolism to work as well as they would like. So we want to share some of that. You know, we're going to throw some new thoughts at you about obesity and fat accumulation. So rather than just explaining obesity as a disease from eating too much, we want to examine the hormones That's right. The hormones that determine how much fat we will accumulate on our body. You know, Kate, I think. Yes. You know, I think, Kate, you know, you said eating too much. I think that is locked into people's brains. I agree. They think that they overeat and that's why they accumulate fat on their body. Yeah. So, you know, here's a thought, you know, think of it this way. Children don't grow taller because they're eating more calories than they burn, right? We would never think that. 
they grow taller because they secrete a growth hormone. And the growth hormones make them grow taller. You know, and really, if you look in research, children that lack growth hormones, they just don't grow very tall. They don't grow. Right. So they have to give them growth hormones. Mm -hmm. So. And the same is true with with fat accumulation. Um, We said fat hormones are responsible for fat accumulation. So maybe when you hear hormone, you think of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Wrong. (laughs) Not the hormone you were after, though, right? No, (laughs) no. So this hormone, the one that we're talking about, is responsible for fat accumulation. We mention it all the time on Dishing Up Nutrition for the past nine years. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> Woo! So let me give you another clue. Some people inject this hormone several times a day. Are you puzzled? Maybe you've got an idea now. Yep, that fat-making hormone is insulin. Oh, yeah. We've kicked this name of that hormone around a lot on this show. Insulin-dependent diabetics inject insulin, and you know what happens? They often grow a spare tire around their middle, and they're usually not overeating. But their dose of insulin is just a little bit too high, and then they're accumulating fat around their middle. Uh-huh. It's, so it isn't that they're overeating. It's they've got too much insulin. Too much insulin. Mm-hmm. So, Jennifer, I think we need to kind of take, take a quick a break. break. Yeah. Absolutely. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Researchers from Connecticut College found Oreo cookies to be as addictive as cocaine, at least for rats. <laughs> as nutritionists, we often see the same addiction in people. It seems Oreo cookies light up the pleasure center in the brain of rats, and they just can't stop with one. If you are a person that can't stop with one, or maybe even one roll of cookies. Maybe it's time to leave them on the grocery shelf. They're just not safe in your grocery cart. Questions about metabolism? Call 651-641-1071. Allow me to blow your mind. Ready? Fat doesn't make you fat. You okay? Still listening? All right, I got another one. Sugar substitutes actually cause you to gain weight. Whoa, is it opposite day? Nope, just dropping a little science on you. The kind you'll learn at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. The kind that will teach you how to eat real food that gets you to your real weight and makes you feel real good. For good. Because the point system doesn't add up. The starvation diet is mean. And you can count on calorie counting to let you down every single time. Learn to eat the way people did when obesity was an exception, not an epidemic. And learn how much delicious, real, vital food you can eat. That's the part that will really blow your mind and eventually your butt right off your backside. To sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com. You know, we often say, change your nutrition to change your life. But how do you know what to do? Some programs suggest using a small plate so that you eat less. (laughs) No, really. Has that helped? (laughs) (laughs) You know, other programs have you drinking shakes all day. And that can be a little boring. Mm -hmm. But, you know, our weight and wellness program offers you six two-hour classes, and they're filled with life-changing information. 
People often report after attending these classes they have fewer aches and pains. Yes, you know, I just read a lot of evaluations from the last series. Yep. That was one of the main things is less aches and pains. And what I notice is when I'm teaching that class, mm-hmm. how moods change. Yes. They improve. Yes. <laughs> um, they don't get crabbier. <laughs> they don't get crabbier. They're not tired. They've got more energy yes. and you can see it in their eyes and their faces. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of um, people who attend these classes love the fact that you have fl- fewer cravings. So there are three weight and wellness series starting up this week. So let me tell you about them. In St. Paul, Wednesday, October 30th, a new series starts. If you live near North Oaks, on Friday, November 1st, another weight and wellness series starts. Mm-hmm. And then in Wyzetta, on Saturday, November 2nd, um, is another series. And these series are all taught by terrific teachers, great teachers like Anna and Nell and Mary. These teachers are going to help you feel great through the holidays. So if you want to sign up for one of these series, call our office at 651-699-3438. So before we went on break, we were kind of talking about that tricky hormone that's called insulin and how that kind of helps accumulate fat around the middle. Or if you're an, you know, if you're an insulin diabetic, Insulin dependent diabetic, if you're taking too much insulin in, that often happens. Mm-hmm. But it happens to other people too. Absolutely. So let's go back to our conversation on that. Yes, yes. So we, this is research that has been around for a while. We've known since the early 1960s that when insulin is elevated, we're go- going to accumulate fat. But when our insulin levels fall, we burn fat for fuel. So that's when we're using our stored fat for our energy. So the trick to really activating this, your fat burning hormone is to reduce insulin levels. So I probably, our listeners are saying, asking themselves, well, so what determines our insulin levels? So how can we stop producing so much insulin? You know, here's the truth. The carbohydrates we eat determine our insulin level. So did you hear that? It's Mm. the carbohydrates that determine the insulin level. It's not some other magic fairy out there. It's our carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. And it, sadly, you know, the more carbohydrates we eat, especially if they're processed carbs like the chips, the muffins, soda, but even juice, um, all of these are processed carbohydrates, cakes, candies, crackers, bread, the beer, the French fries. The more we eat of those, the more insulin we produce and then the more fat we accumulate. It's really kind of a simple little formula there. Mm-hmm. Hard to do, but simple. Hard to do, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But not all carbohydrates are created equal. You know, it's more than a calorie. Calorie is not just a calorie. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can compare kale chips to potato chips, for example, if you take a six-ounce bag of kale chips, you would be eating about six grams of carbohydrates. That's not very many. No. But in a six-ounce bag bag of potato chips, you would be eating 96 grams of carbohydrates. That's many. It is. And that's not many. (laughs) I mean, you know, when you look at a six-ounce bag of potato chips. Yeah, it's not a a big bag. Most people eat more than that. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's enough for a lot of people. That's enough carbohydrates for their whole Whole day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... 96 grams of carbohydrates uh, in the potato chips 
turns into 22 and a half teaspoons of sugar. Hmm. If you're looking at the label on the potato chip bag under carbs, it will say 15 grams. But you have to be careful. That's for one ounce. That's the serving size, not the whole bag. So that's kind of the trick, Tricky. isn't it? It sure is. People think, oh, this, there's not many carbs in this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a bag of potato or corn chips, high in processed carbs, what it does is it raises your blood sugar levels, causing our bodies to, to secrete too much insulin. And this immediately turns on the fat-making and fat storage Kind of, we call it the fat making fat storage hormone, and it stores fat around our middle. Isn't that something? That's it. Mm-hmm. But really, let's face it: a lot of people aren't going to take time to make the kale chips. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but they will grab a bag of chips, and really, who can stop with a few chips? And by that, I mean four or five chips. Yes. Let's be a little more realistic. If we compare mashed potatoes to what we as nutritionists have found works just as well as mashed cauliflower. So if you take one cup of mashed potatoes, it's about 36 grams of carbohydrates. Well, one cup of mashed cauliflower is about six grams of carbohydrates. So what does that mean? Well, that means 36 grams of potato carbs turns into about nine teaspoons of glucose or sugar in your body. Well, six grams of cauliflower carbs turns into a little more than one teaspoon of glucose. Hmm. And so when we do, we actually have a recipe for smashed, mashed cauliflower. cauliflower. Mm-hmm. And it tastes great. Mm-hmm. So, Jennifer, should we take a caller? Absolutely, or what do you think? yes. We've got time before our Deidre break. on the line here. Okay. That sounds great. Hi, Deidre. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What's your question for us this morning? Hi, I have a son who's 11, and he has type 1 diabetes, was diagnosed last November, so we're about one year into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, so I know about carbs, I know about insulin. I just, I'm looking for help and guidance, and the doctors are wonderful, but nutrition is not, and I've been a little bit disappointed, actually, with the doctors and um, diabetes counselors, because the nutrition that they give us is really just, carb coverage, so how much insulin you need to eat the carbs. And what I'm looking for is what kind of dietary changes can I make with my son that still let him be 11-year-old, but that we can, you know, look at better alternatives for better carbs for him so that his insulin whole system works better. Sure. Those are my questions. You know, I think what really, it's, it's meaning that you need to come in and sit down with one of our nutritionists. Because that's exactly what we do. And, and have him come in with you because we, sometimes it's a matter of negotiating mm-hmm. what kind of carbs he is interested in eating. You know, right. we, it's like you have to do some creative substituting for things right. that are. We, we, we do do that a bit, but I just feel like I need um, and extra. You, and you support. need some extra, uh, probably some extra recipes yeah. and maybe some extra fat. Okay. I think that's one of the tricks. Key, key, I think. Yeah. And 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 knowing that you know, you need to start with a little protein, a little fat, and then toss in the carb. The emphasis okay. on the carbs might be kind yes. of the problem. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> that's I think that's a good point, Kate. It's okay. emphasizing some of the other healthy good. foods, you know, the meat and and the fat that he'll love. That, and that will keep his cells healthier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 
part of the problem with the type 1 diabetics is so they have free foods, especially the kids. So he's so tired of cheese, peanut, and meat. You know, he's just, he just can't stand them anymore just because those are his, and sugar-free jello. So those are his freeze, and it's just, it's getting to the point where he doesn't even like those anymore. So, and I do, I did message you guys once. Um, through your website, and I never heard back from anyone, and I guess I dropped hmm. it, I got busy, but um, is there a better way to get in touch with you? Call our number, 651-699-3438. And what area do you live in? Um, Chanhassen. Chanhassen. Well, you know, I think you probably either come to St. Paul, mm-hmm. and Jennifer's in St. Paul, she'd be great to work with, or to Wyzetta, and uh, Katie's there, uh, Joanne's there. I'm there on Wednesdays, so that would be another possibility. Okay, and is it cost-effective? I mean, I, I'm a little worried about the price, but is it something that is doable? For a two-hour I mean, consultation, it's $250. Okay. I mean, is that any, is very reasonable. And is there follow-up with that, or no? Can you? Um... Well, follow-up appointments are $100 for an hour or 60 for a half an hour. Okay. So... Okay, no. well, thank you. And I think, I think that would help him a lot, you know, and get yeah. him get him on the right track. And yeah, I just feel like we're giving him so much insulin to cover these carbs that aren't really even healthy carbs. No, and I, right. You know, and you don't want to do that because then he starts right. to become insulin resistant. Yeah, yeah, and as I said, the doctors and the nutritionists are wonderful, but I keep asking them about nutrition, and they look at me like, "Well, if he's going to have goldfish, you cover the carbs." You know? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> I mean, you, you might be wise to get on our, our website and look at some of the articles that are written or listen to past okay. radio shows to get some ideas, too, if you're um, concerned about money. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for your yep. help. Thank you. Good question. Mm-hmm. So how are we doing? Okay. I guess it is time, isn't it, Jennifer? Another break, yes. <laughs> you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Um, I want to share how I keep my kids healthy during the holidays um, when we're with family and friends. I like to use a probiotic called bifidobacteria, and I try to give that to them a couple times a day, sometimes three times a day, uh, because it it is really helpful for their immune system. I find that helps them recover faster when they do get sick, Um, and it it really, in our household, has helped prevent ear infections, um, which is a really wonderful thing with little ones. Yeah. Um, So bifido is the main bacteria that we find in the small intestinal tract. Um, when we are breastfed, we get that good bacteria. So it's very safe, very gentle for babies. Um, and research has shown that breastfed babies usually have stronger immune function. So that's a key connection there. Um, questions? Call 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Here's a question for you. Are you free on Friday between 12 and 2, starting November 1st? Well, I encourage you to sign up for the Weight and Wellness Series in North Oaks. I have two great teachers there. You know, Anna will keep you laughing as you give up some of your unhealthy foods. <laughs> uh, she can make you laugh. That's so for sure. Anna will actually, you know, and this is kind of interesting because she will actually get you to let go of your <laughs> pumpkin latte that everybody's doing. Yeah. And maybe even your diet soda. In addition, you'll be inspired by Tina, who credits the remission of her MS to nutrition. So let me remind you, your nutrition is so much more than just weight loss. So to sign up, 
um, call 651-699-3438. And if you live in the Andover area, Laura Lee and Kristen will be inspiring you to eat healthy this holiday season. And that class is Monday night, starting November 4th. And uh, it's going to be at the Andover Community Center. And if you live in Lakeville, the Weight and Wellness Series starts Thursday night, November 7th. So we've got you covered with the Weight and Wellness Series to help you get through the holidays mm-hmm. eating healthy. Mm-hmm. So we've got lots of callers. We do. Okay. Um, let's take a call from Diane. <clears throat> Good morning, Diane. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What is your question this morning? Well, I don't really have a question. I have a comment. I have gone through the Weight and Wellness Series in North Oaks with Orly. Mm-hmm. Brenna Thompson is my counselor. Mm-hmm. I am still going to Brenna. And for all the listeners out there, uh, for the price, I will shop at a thrift store. I will give up whatever it takes because I will buy products and attend everything I possibly can because you people have changed my life. Thank oh, you. Wow. Thank you. Thank and you. Thank Dar, you. Um, even Brenna had to go to Dar and ask her how to get me to sleep because <laughs> I never slept. And we did it. I know. You <laughs> people have absolutely changed my life. And I am a celiac and I was eating healthy kind of before, mm-hmm. but I lived on fruits and vegetables and it was all sugar. Yes. Mm. And. And uh, to add more protein and fat and to learn what um, the other people, doctors, whatever, could never tell me about celiac and what I needed to be eating has changed my life. And in 20 weeks, hmm. in 20 weeks, you people have changed my life and lost my weight. Oh, and thank, I thank you. you. You've and done I it. thank you so very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. calling, Diane. Yes. Thank yeah. you, Diane. Okay, that was great. <laughs> but that's what we get to hear. We do, we it's do. Really, that is really rewarding work. Yes, absolutely. Um, we've also got Lisa on the line. I don't know if she can top that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Lisa. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What what question do you have for us? Hi, I just had some um, a question. I've had some really restless sleep lately the last few weeks. Yes, and I've been taking your magnesium glycinate. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if there's something I should be trying to cut out of my diet or another supplement you can recommend. Well, are you taking about four or five of the magnesium glycinate at bedtime? No, I'm taking about three. Should I be taking more? You might need more. Okay. And, you know, our, um, I don't know, about about how old are you? 27. 27. Is, yeah. Do you have sleep? Are you more restless at certain times of the month? Um, no, I haven't noticed. I just, I mean, I have little kids, but I just noticed this week I just can't relax. I'm not stressed out, but I just might, my, my, I just can't relax. You know, I feel like I sleep a little through the night, but it, almost mm. I'm up all night. Oh. And it just kind of started happening. I just want to get back into a good Nip sleeping it. habit. So, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think, to be honest with you, it would probably be the best to have you come in and sit down with one of the nutritionists because there might be a lot of different reasons. You might be just a little bit low on progesterone, uh-huh. and we could add just a little bit of progesterone at night, and then that would get you back balanced again. Okay. Or, I mean, there might be, you know, if you've got a lot of stress in your life, maybe you're using up your neurotransmitters. 
too fast as it happens when you've got little kids. And, you know, you might need something that's called 5-HTP or something that's called GABA. There's lots of different possibilities. Or, I mean, maybe you're just a little low on calcium. I mean, there's so many different possibilities. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do when we, when people come in, we really sit down with them and just ask them lots of questions. So then we can figure out, okay, this is what's really happening. And then rebalance with, maybe you just need a good snack at bedtime. Exactly. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, maybe you need that avocado and blueberry at bedtime. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, okay. you know, so there's so many different reasons. But I gave okay, you a few yeah. to think yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, thanks for the call. That's great. Thank you, Lisa. And sometimes we do have to problem solve. Oh, uh, yeah. I, it's, it's it's not, not as, as simple it, as yes. what do you do for sleep. Yeah, right. No. It's mm-hmm. a whole, we, we need the whole picture of this right. person. Right. Exactly. Yep. Should we take Hello. another caller? Yes. We've got Katie on the line. Good morning, Katie. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What is your question this morning? Yeah, I had a baby in June, mm-hmm. and about a month after he was born, my hair started falling out, mm-hmm. and it's continuing to fall out. He's almost five months old, so and I have bald spots. So I'm wondering, is it am I lacking something in my diet? Is there anything I can do um, from a nutritional standpoint to stop that? Well, uh, do you guys, uh, Jennifer? You know, <laughs> yeah, you're the new mom. <laughs> well, I mean. One thing to keep in mind that but part of that is absolutely normal. I think every mom um, goes through a period of time where more of their hair is falling out. We kind of hang on to that a little bit more during the pregnancy. And after baby comes out, it's just kind of natural to kind of rebalance. But if you're losing hair to the point where you're having some bald spots, maybe we need to look a little deeper at making sure you're getting enough um, nutrients, especially are you breastfeeding? Yes. Okay. So that right there um, is going to increase your need for, you know, uh, fatty acids and, and definitely protein. Protein, And, min- yes. you know, your minerals as well. Um, so maybe, I mean, maybe you're just not eating enough protein to support both you, your hair, and breast milk and everything and the stress. And it takes a lot of protein, doesn't it, Jennifer? It does. I yep. mean, typically, I mean, how much protein do you often eat every day you know honestly I, I don't know I mean I it feels like feels like I do what did you lot, have for but, breakfast um well I'm having um a brown rice cake and almond butter no protein no protein <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> um so you know and then some I mean there's so many reasons again I mean sometimes maybe you're you know maybe you're eating some things that you're sensitive to and that often pops up after pregnancy, like gluten sensitivity, doesn't it? It does. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and that I mean, that can cause you, people to lose hair. Again, I hate to say this, but I think you'd be best, best off to come in yeah. for an appointment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we have many people on staff right now that have new babies that have gone through this personally. And so they've also looked at a lot of the research. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. That sound okay? That sounds good. Just real quick, what, sure. what would be one uh, protein-rich type breakfast food or something you'd recommend to get the day started? Uh, at least two eggs. Good question. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. two to three eggs or two eggs and a little piece of meat mm-hmm. would be great. Mm-hmm. And then with, with is, can eggs be a common? I know you mentioned gluten. When I know gluten oh. can be a common mm-hmm. sensitivity. Is egg a common sensitivity for people? 
can be. It can. It's not as common. Not as common. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. And yeah. Then eat protein you know? five yeah. times a day yeah. throughout the day, not just <laughs> at get, breakfast. Have too much? <laughs> can you have too much protein? Well, it's hardly anyone ever it eats does. too much. You okay. probably, theoretically, you could. But yes. Yeah. All right. And, and okay. try and Thank think you. of um, you know doing some more small meals in the day. Yeah. So if you can kind of move away from that more snack menta- mentality and just do, you know, your afternoon snack could be a little more substantial with some turkey, some avocado and salsa and maybe some fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're 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 really getting that mini meal to help support the breastfeeding and, and your hair growth, too. OK, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks, thank Katie. you. Okay. So, Jennifer, let's see. I think we we need we to were. head into a break here. Catch up. <laughs> yes, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. For many people, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, they're all difficult times to eat healthy. I think we all know that. Mm. Um, and a lot of people could use some additional support. So this is a really great time to call and make monthly appointments with your nutritionist. Or maybe you want to take a class. The Weight and Wellness Series is a perfect series to take over these holidays. Um, if you have Saturday mornings free, Sign up for the Weight and Wellness Series in Wyzetta. You can take two hours on Saturday morning to keep you on track. Keep, a, keep away from the sugar and the processed carbs. Mary and Marcy will share how their Weight and Wellness Way has taken care of their digestive problems. To sign up, call 651-699-3438. If big sweaters are your friends and mirrors your enemy, you might be ready for Nutrition for Weight Loss. If you last wore skinny jeans in the last century, you might be ready for nutrition for weight loss. If your metabolism is so slow you think it's in reverse, you might be ready for nutrition for weight loss. Nutrition for Weight Loss was created by the nutrition experts at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Using years of experience, they've crafted a plan that works based on breakthrough biochemistry and nutritional science. You'll cut your cravings and punch up your metabolism while eating real food. The team at Nutritional Weight and Wellness has helped hundreds of people get the body they want, and they can help you succeed, too. Find out what Nutrition for Weight Loss can do for you. Call 651-699-3438 or online. It's weightandwellness.com. That's weightandwellness.com. If you don't want to suffer and starve to drop the pounds, you're probably ready for Nutrition for Weight Loss. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I still believe that most people think that nutritionists just help people lose weight. Oh, yes. So, you know, I think it would be really interesting to share a little bit about clients we saw this week and what their health issues were. Because maybe you have the same problem, but you never connected that it was really a nutrition problem. So I'll start. I worked with a woman who experienced lots of allergies and sinus problems. Now, these are low immune function issues. Low immune function is certainly a nutrition problem. Yes, it is. So I have an example. Okay. I worked, you know, I worked with a man who wanted to restore his muscle strength that he, you know, you'd think go to a trainer. Well, he tried that <laughs> and it didn't work. But he had lost his muscle strength from taking a statin drug oh, yeah. that was to, supposed to reduce his cholesterol. And now he actually has really weak muscles that fatigue easily. So he, and no weight problem at all. So he wanted to restore, use nutrition to restore his muscle strength. And we're going to do that. That's Mm -hmm. cool. I worked with a woman who came in um, dealing with a lot of hot flashes, 
really starting to disrupt her life. Um, and that's, I mean, we see a lot of people coming in with those types of things. It's, it's really a, a definitely, definitely a nutritional component to those hot flashes. Absolutely. You know, I, um, I'm thinking of a client I saw this week, a woman who couldn't sleep, suffered from depression, and in just a few weeks, she was a different person just because she changed her foods. Just you know, amazing, Kate. Most people don't connect insomnia or mood issues with nutritional problems, mm-hmm. but they often are. You know, and I saw one of my favorite clients, and she had a major car accident 20 years ago. Maybe it was 25 years ago. And she needs continual joint support. Mm. And she needs to keep eating to reduce, keep the inflammation down in her body. So she needs encouragement, support, all that. You know, she's been an ongoing client, but it helps her so much. So nutrition can help reduce my inflammation? Yes. (laughs) We know that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I also saw a client with adult acne. She came in really frustrated, kind of tried many different things um, and finally kind of looking at her nutrition. But there's so much that nutrition can do for acne. It's um, a lot of that is coming back to just the health of our intestinal tract. Mm -hmm. And then just to kind of finish up, I worked with a client who has reduced and almost eliminated her medications for diabetes Mm. and by eating the weight and wellness way. You know, she has lowered her blood sugars, so she's gotten rid of, well, she's gotten rid of her insulin, and she's gotten rid of other medications. She's lowered her cholesterol. She's lowered her blood pressure, and it's really pretty amazing. So we were talking about, kind of about, you know, whenever you eat high-carb foods, you raise your blood sugar. High blood sugar produces high insulin, which, again, makes more body fat. So the higher the blood sugar, the more insulin must be pumped from that pancreas to deal with the high blood sugar in your blood. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And as insulin goes up, our cells actually become less sensitive to the insulin signal. So it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. It's just too much insulin and the cells downregulate. They can't hear this insulin message. So the pancreas has to work harder and longer to produce more insulin. And like we talked about before, the more insulin produced, the more body fat that we're going to store. So it is almost as if you had an insulin pump strapped to your hip that was stuck on position. <laughs> and it's pumping insulin into your body. So how do you activate those fat-burning hormones? First, you have to take and turn off your fat-making hormones, that excess insulin production. So Turning off your fat-making hormones doesn't happen overnight. No, it doesn't. And in my article, What to Feed Your Baby, I talked about rice cereal, which, again, is that high-sugar high food. It's a processed food. And that does the same thing. It increases babies' blood sugar too high, too fast, and can kind of set them up for that insulin resistance or diabetes later in life. So kind of the first step for most people in changing the metabolism is to get our cells to hear that insulin signal. You know, I picture the cells as having like a thin plastic wrap over the cell receptors and the pancreas can't hear the cell saying, I've had enough, I've had enough. Think of it like this. When you're trying to get your car out of a parking spot, 
you usually have to back up first. And we need to do the same with our cells. We need to back down the amount of carbs and sugars so the plastic coating can disappear. You know, have you noticed that sometimes when you park your car, you can just drive out without backing up? Well, that's much like people who don't have insulin resistance. And their metabolism works well. They make a few adjustments in their eating, and they lose weight easily. You've got them in class. We all know those people. (laughs) But if you fit into the category of people with insulin resistance, it takes time to reduce the coating on the cells. So you, in fact, need less insulin, and your body burns fat for energy. That is so important to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, So People can quit beating themselves up. Mm-hmm. because their metabolism isn't working well for them. They, they need to give themselves that time to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, so what can we do to help to reduce this insulin resistance? Well, this can be a little challenge. You need to stop eating or drastically reduce the processed, packaged carbohydrates and sugar. So processed, packaged things like pretzels, crackers, chips, but even pasta, bread, um, not just for one week, not just for one month. You really need to commit to doing this until you've healed your cells. For some people, that could take up to a year. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be a little discouraging at times just because the weight doesn't change. People get discouraged. But the truth of the matter is everybody feels better when they're eating this oh, weight yes. and wellness way. Yes, they do. Think about your personal history. You got started as a baby on rice cereal. Like most people did. Just like most of us. And then you switched to dry cereal and juice, another high-sugar food. And then in junior high, you discovered that cherry Coke and chips. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and then you moved on to beer and pizza in college. You, You get the picture. A lot of coating is built up on your cells, and a lot of insulin resistance has occurred. But the good news is you can... Put your cells in reverse. You can back up. You can heal your cells. This is the miracle of the human body. You know, as Jennifer said earlier in the show, rice cereal pops up the blood sugar too high and too fast in babies. And as nutritionists, we know rice, especially white rice, is high on what is called the glycemic index. Now, the glycemic index is just a rating scale of how quickly a particular food raises blood sugar. This is the interesting part, though. Researchers have found that wheat bread raises your blood sugar higher and faster than a Mars candy bar. Oh, I think you better say that one again. Wheat bread raises your blood sugar higher and faster than a candy bar. Hmm. That's not... Now, we're not saying go out and eat candy bars, but... No. <laughs> um, so breads, pasta, muffins, crackers, chips, bagels, and cereal, these are all the big culprits behind this insulin resistance and a slow metabolism. So that, you know, if you want to activate your fat burning hormone, you maybe, maybe you could do this. Can you? Maybe. Are you willing? For the next six months, eliminate these foods from your diet. You know, no saltines with your chili. But guess what? You can put sour cream on top and it's okay. Yum. Yeah. No bagel with your cream cheese, but you could eat smoked salmon and eggs and cream cheese. Mm, That sounds even better. Love it. And no bun with their grass-fed burger. But picture a grass-fed burger with some sweet potato wedges or fries, avocado, some fresh tomato slices. 
It's delicious. Ooh. And, you know, no muffin with your coffee. Just put cream in your coffee. This might be a new way to think about eating. Change your nutrition to change your metabolism. It's what we call eating the weight and wellness way. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.